0: All right. So you have a bunch of questions. Yeah, I assume.
1: Um, i Send start. a good reporter. <laughs> I'll start. Uh, I'll start by intro- kind of saying hello and introducing. <laughs> Hi, everybody. This is Owen McCafferty for the Film Photography Project. I'm here in. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, with uh, Michael Carter, uh, who is... I, I guess I don't really know how to describe you, other than you're...
0: a retired school teacher, artist, oil painter, now filmmaker, right? Right. I started teaching the kids how to actually make a living, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I was hoping that with all those names at the end of movies, you know, that some of my students could actually get
1: a job if they studied film.
0: Right. So we did animation in classes with 8mm.
1: Gotcha. So I I found out about you because I was a couple years ago searching online on how to kind of learn more about processing home movies at home, and I think I I stumbled upon you through YouTube. So you're, I mean, you're one of the few people that I know who processes home movie film at home. It's not a hobby that a lot of people do, or at least if they do it, they don't really talk about it. Because I, you know, of all the people I've met in dark rooms and
0: no, it's a big secret, right? Exactly. Trade secrets. in this Industry didn't want you to know how to do that because then you couldn't send your film to
1: them. Exactly. Being able to connect with somebody who uh, who knows how to do this and who has been doing it for a while, or at least you've been doing it extensively. Three,
0: three years right. of movie film. One year of regular eight and two years of 16. Right. Over two years now. But what I do is I document it on video and then I put it on YouTube so I could reference it so I could remember what the heck I did. You figured 300 experiments on YouTube and probably that many hanging on my doorknobs in loops upstairs.
1: Yeah, which we, we were just up there. I mean, it's- Which I didn't even do yet. It's an impressive uh, studio that you have and, and you have piles and piles of notebooks full of notes <laughs> about the different kinds of-
0: And I have PDF books that I've written that I've taken offline because nobody was interested in reading them. Nice radio program
1: you have. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, you know the FPP, as our listeners will, will know, is really starting to get really starting to get more involved in home movie making, um, which is one of the reasons why I'm here to talk to you, um, because I think so far really the listeners have only heard about my experiences, which which are much more limited compared to yours. But I guess before we get into into that, like, let's talk a little bit more about your background. Um, you're originally from the Pittsburgh area. I think you mentioned you were from
0: the Carrick. The South Here. Hills, but I have all the amenities of the city.
1: Mm-hmm. We, we talked a little it's bit about kind of your uh, professional and academic background. I know you studied at uh, art, you started art education. I went to all the art
0: institutes.
1: Yeah, Washington and Jefferson College. That's know.
0: where I got certified to teach art. But I went to the Chicago Art Institute, and then I transferred to the San Francisco Art Institute, where wow. I eventually received a bachelor of fine art in oil painting. After I went to the Waynesburg College, to get sociology and psychology because they thought I was lacking, <laughs> and uh, then I got a real job, in a tombstone factory.
1: At a tombstone factory.
0: Yeah, I, I had aspirations of being a sculptor. Okay. To learn an actual trade, you know. I mean, everybody was a steelworker when I was growing up, and something about the granite industry attracted me because it was similar, you know. Mm-hmm. They have all these big. St- machines and sandblasters and things. Right. And I got to draw with a pencil all day <laughs> and cut stencil. So I eventually left that and lived on a farm and then decided I would actually put my energy into learning things and devote myself to intellectual development. So I became an art teacher and went to WJ, which was in between Pittsburgh and Waynesburg, right. where I was a farmer. And I got my teaching certification and then taught locally in Penn Hills and most of the time in McKeesport in the public schools. Worked my way up from middle school. They started me off with a cart in a closet and I was the art teacher in fifth grade and I would wheel my little toys to the rooms. <laughs> And I would bring an eight-millimeter movie camera, okay, and lights, and kids would make flip books, and we would photograph them, or they would do cutout animations right on the floor. And, then, and what year is this? This was in the '90s. Okay, all the the whole decade. And then I ended up at a Christian high school. Okay, and I taught all the grades at Trinity Christian School. That was like leave it to Beaver. You know, it was like right. going back to the '50s. <laughs> it was
1: amazing. The and difference in culture. So, so you sort of started um, as a fi- you know fine arts. You became an art teacher. You started incorporating uh, you know home movie making, really stop animation as part of your lessons and teaching children. Yeah,
0: I, I never got to you know be an animator or, or actually learn a trade where I could make a living. Mm-hmm. So those things interested me, and Disney published this huge book on how they did all their old cartoons and so i became very interested in pencil drawing and pencil animation and i had a cine codex special camera i made a special stand for i had backlighting and moving backgrounds and you know cells on top and i did the whole works and i made all the equipment right i made larger equipment for the students to put an eight millimeter camera further away to get a bigger 16 by 20 frame Mm -hmm. in focus and then they moved around all these cut paper things. Got it. And we made movies that
1: way. So how, why three years ago did you decide to start processing your own movie film Mm. at home?
0: Well, you know, I, I had all this equipment left over from being a teacher, okay? I collected enough equipment so that when a student walked into my room, he would have a piece of equipment to use Mm -hmm. and wouldn't have to share it. So I had workstations all around the room for the different kinds of work that you do with film. You have a projector and motion picture film over there. And then you have an editor on the table with a shoebox full of films that you could wind the thing and look at the pictures Mm -hmm. with a splicer. And then you have all these cameras where you have to learn to load it. Right. So I would teach one kid how to do one job. And I would say, all right, now I've shown you how to learn to do it and teach somebody. Now you go do it and send them back to me and I'll check them off right so I teach one kid in each workstation and then they would and I just sat at my desk and they would they taught themselves and they were
1: always busy they loved it they never got into trouble right there you go one thing that uh, I think is pretty amazing as far as you know because we were sort of talking about this upstairs in your studio that you know your interest is more as an educator and teaching people how to do these things which I think is important because in this industry that's not necessarily always the focus you know so you created a facebook group called home movie film lab which if there's any of our listeners who are interested in learning how to process black and white movie film as a re- as a reversal as a positive image this group this group is amazing because you have posted videos notes all all the kind your experiences from developing these different kinds of film stocks mm-hmm. and processing them in different kinds of developers i've and,
0: used every kind of chemical i can get my hands on right. and there's still more to do and I'm tired of it, I've done enough. There's more than enough to get everybody started doing it. My biggest achievement, I think, was using Mm HC-110 in stand developing for one and a half hours at a dilution of one to 200. And by so, the way,
1: for our listeners, HC-110 is is usually used to make a, a negative, right? Develop a black and white negative. I don't know.
0: What it, it's used for still film. Right. That's and nobody I mean. uses stand developing for movie film. Right. Okay. But when all you need to use is five milliliters of developer. In your water. In, the, in a liter of water, you know, it is so cheap. Right. I figured I'm going to learn to use this because I don't have to buy any chemicals to do it. Right. And it works great. I use it for my inter negatives and my prints on high contrast film and on sound film.
1: Yeah, and so and so for those who don't know, sound film um, it was a film that Kodak created. Well, other manufacturers created it too, but Kodak is still manufactured. It's a lab film. It's a lab film, so it was intermediate. It was stock. used to record. So, optical sound, I believe. Right. It,
0: it's sold on on the internet. It's sold currently. B and H sells it. Mm-hmm. They sell an internegative film. They sell reversal and they sell negative, all in black and white.
1: Right. So, um, so you have the whole movie film lab. I think there's like 637 members. Um, and then you also created a Facebook group solely dedicated to Tri-X reversal film, seven two six six, which our listeners will know if you shoot Kodak Super 8 Tri-X, it's the same thing. Uh, and on there, you've posted information about specifically shooting and processing that film as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are, I mean, they're two amazing resources that I know I have spent hours looking through your videos and, and everything, which is one of the reasons why I wanted to, to come here. My homepage here. is devoted to whatever
0: I'm doing on motion picture film right. processing. I don't talk about my cat, which <laughs> I don't have a cat. I don't talk about feeding the cardinals. Right. You know, all I do is post, oh... I just bought a 2,000-foot split reel. Right. <laughs> you know, I have to put the photograph of the thing up yet.
1: So you also have a YouTube channel, which we kind of mentioned. Uh, hit, by the way, Michael's Studio YouTube. Studio
0: Carter One. Studio it's Carter number, One. Number one.
1: So if you want to go and see, um, you know, if anybody wants to go and see his videos on all the different kinds of film stocks that he's using, uh, it's it's you'll get lost for hours watching all those videos, but it's fantastic.
0: And I, I don't do it as an entertainment project for other people I never did the introduction. Okay, I didn't follow the directions YouTube gave me. Right. I put them up there for my reference. For to, I try to put enough data on the video at the end in titles, or I talk about it and I edit in such a way that you could actually hear my voice Sure, M- most of the time. A lot of the early films, right. all you hear is the projector and, and me mumbling and
1: trying to right. explain what I did. Well, and again... Nobody else really is doing this. No, nobody is teaching people online, using YouTube or whatever, to to show how to process movie film as, as a reversal, as a positive. It's so
0: totally easy to do anymore for me now that I've done it for so long, and I figured out how to use almost no chemical to do it. Right. It, it's very inexpensive, and like I say... If you know how to use your light meter and can get the narrow latitude, if you can nail the exposure, you figure that out, then you can use the very inexpensive motion picture film, and it's cheaper than 8mm to do 16
1: Right, because some of these sort of obscure film stocks that Kodak is making right now... Um, the one,
0: 3378, 33, there's 33, one. Right. Unless you buy out of stock 3378 that everybody bought up recently, and now it's... Three and four
1: times what it used to cost. Sounds about right. Um, I have one roll left. So for, not for sale. <laughs> <laughs> for those who are getting into processing, shooting and processing black and white film, movie film. Black and white is so much
0: easier than color. Right. By the way, so start there. You want to do color later? Fine. Buy the temperature control gizmos. You know, wear the gloves. Put on the space suit. And use the chemicals. <laughs>
1: What, what would you say, for somebody who's first getting started, which, what's the first film they should shoot and, and process themselves? And process themselves? What are, you, are you going to project the film with a film projector? Or... Yeah, I think we're talking about somebody who wants to shoot a positive black-and-white image and project it on the wall.
0: Then you have you only have one choice is Tri X for
1: 16 millimeter, right? And for eight millimeter, what would you recommend for eight millimeter? And and well, it's
0: it's the black and white reversal, it's called reversal film. UN54 is the stock that John Schwind sells, or FOMO Pan 100 R100 that is sold from the Czech Republic, and there's others being made, right? In regular eight, if you're doing a regular eight, the 25-foot spool is fine. You can get the smallest developing tank. That's all you need.
1: Okay. What what would you say? And so develop, when we say developing tank, we're talking specifically about the Lomo UB1 tank, which is uh, no longer made, but it can process up to either one 100-foot, 16 millimeter roll split in half or... Two rolls of Super 8 film, or two. That's, rolls yeah, of, that's the of, that's
0: the medium-sized tank. It holds fifty feet. The one that's most plentiful is the medium size that holds two fifty-foot ones. Mm-hmm. So you split your film in half, and you could develop hundred feet at a time. And then the smallest one is made for the twenty-five foot regular eight. Or th- it, it's actually a little bit more than that. Right. It's like thirty, 30 right. feet, and that's how much fits onto the spiral. Correct. It's, 30 feet or 31 feet of film right. will fit onto that
1: spiral. What would you say is a good sort of first chemistry that somebody should use? You know, for example, like I, I started with, you know, a D19 substitute and, you know, dichromate bleach. I know that scares a lot of people. Um, what, what would you say is a good chemistry to start out with for black and white reversal?
0: Yeah, it depends where you are in the world. Adrian in England has access to hydrogen peroxide mm-hmm. and he uses that with citric acid other people uh what what's that purple bleach uh, it comes with the fomo kit oh it, uh, nobody likes that because the the emulsion flakes off you have to use it with pate- with alm hardeners right labs don't like it <laughs> I bought a pound of potassium dichromate, and I used to have a quart of sulfuric acid. Mm-hmm. When I worked in the granite industry, we used hydrofluoric acid, right. which is like Touch. 100 times worse. Mm-hmm. And we cleaned the granite monuments. We just poured it into a bucket and threw water and, right. and scrubbed with big brushes, you know, and like mm-hmm. brushed off the stinks <laughs> as we splashed it all over. But you know, I'm not afraid of the chemicals. Anyway, I'm old enough now that it doesn't matter. It'll take longer than I can live anymore, you know, to get cancer
1: if it did give me. Right, but I mean, it's like dichromate bleach, which here in the U.S. you can purchase potassium dichromate, which is the bleaching step in the process.
0: It's bright orange. It's bright orange, and and it's and you need like five grams. Right, it's
1: a tiny amount,
0: and it's so little. You hold your breath and take it, put it in the water, put the lid back on, and then you can breathe again.
1: Right. Yeah. If you're careful with it, there's there's not there's no problems with. I never it. even wear the gloves anymore. Right. Well, <laughs> living on the edge. But I don't here get it Pittsburgh. on my,
0: I don't get it on my skin either. Right. I'm
1: careful. I don't drop it. I have a handle mm-hmm. on my jug, and uh, the reason a lot of um, listeners are are very much interested in. Um, See, there's other ways to bleach it. Right. There's the
0: uh, hydrogen peroxide. You cannot buy concentrated hydrogen peroxide in the United States. Mm-hmm. You have to make it out of the very dilute stuff that you buy at the store. Right. Put it in the freezer, and when it freezes solid, the liquid that comes off is super concentrated. concentrated. Mm-hmm. Then, then you could use it, but you've got to buy some. All right, the other thing is the purple stuff. Right. That's the other kind of bleach, and you use it with... The chrome-alm, mm-hmm. or formaldehyde. Gotcha. And then you have the potassium dichromate with the sulfuric acid. I just bought a pound of each, you know, a quart of the acid and the pound of the dichromate,
1: mm-hmm. and I use that. One of the reasons why uh, we, we've been, on the FPP, we've been talking about processing your own movie film is because a lot of people don't get into shooting movie film because it's, ex- it's expensive. If you're not processing it yourself... <laughs> You know, for example, if you bought a roll of, you know, Super 8 Tri X, you shoot it, you send it to a lab, they process it, maybe they scan it and send it back. You're talking about a three minute or so home movie that's going to cost you 70, 80, maybe even 100 bucks. So, one of the benefits of processing your own movie film is that it's going to save you a lot of money. For, for somebody who's been doing this for three years, who uses a lot of different film stocks, is there anything you recommend to, to listeners to make shooting movie film cheaper?
0: Learn how to use your light meter, then you won't make mistakes on the film. Learn how to load the film in the dark. Learn how to turn the film over in the so dark. So you get
1: some extra frames, you if, don't get that leader.
0: So you don't burn out the ends. Even though it's made to load in daylight, practice with a dummy roll so that you can do everything in total darkness. And you'll get an extra six or 10 feet out of the roll of film. Mm-hmm. And you won't have all these uh, flashing, burning uh, ends on it. Right with regular eight millimeter you have to turn it over in the middle mm-hmm. and, and shoot it twice it's totally doable you can learn to do this and you know in an afternoon you practice a couple days with a dummy roll a few times in the daylight and then close your eyes and do it and open and make sure you did it right you mm-hmm. know you'll be able to feel it if it's right it's so like it's, muscle memory you'll hear it you'll when you close the gate it'll snap and make one sound if the sprockets are not engaged and in the, in the uh, pull-down claw is hitting on a piece of film instead of being in a hole, you'll hear that. Mm-hmm. And you'll know if the loop is the right size or not. You know, And you give it a couple spurts in the dark and, and it'll sound right. You could feel the reels turn. In the dark, you put your finger on it. You could feel it turning around. If it's not turning around, you didn't stuff it into the slot on the take-up reel right. Mm-hmm. You have to cut a point on the end of the film so it goes in. The point has to be in the middle. It can't be a diagonal on the edge. It won't go into that darn slot, right? It won't ever go into that <laughs> slot.
1: <laughs> what What would you say is you currently? What is your favorite movie film to shoot and why? Oh,
0: I'm I'm using this old film I got. I bought six rolls six 400 foot rolls mm-hmm. okay so it's like 12 dollars per 100 feet right super cheap it's 16 millimeter it's very sensitive i'm still getting 400 asa outside and 320 asa indoors so this is an expired movie long though? long expired do you know what what the what the brand or what it's called 72774 xr Kodak quadruple X <laughs> gotcha what do but, you like but about you it you can't get it you can't it's not available I mean right it's I was lucky to find it I'm sorry I bought it because I spent so much time figuring out how to use it but now darn it I'm using
1: it because I bought it and I figured out how is there anything you like about it specifically that's different than I like phones? it
0: because it's low contrast <clears throat> I can when I put the red filter on it so I can shoot in bright sunlight, the neutral density filter, and I could use it outside, perhaps even at 32 frames a second, then the bright sun isn't too bright for it. But I could use it almost in the dark. I mean, at twilight, darker than twilight, it'll photograph the uh, garage door lights and, wow. and, you know, night
1: scenes. Right, so now that, the, now that you said that on the FPP, you're never going to find it on eBay again. <laughs> Because that's what happens. We we talk the price about prices just tripping. right. Yeah, we talk, we talk about this stuff on the MPP, and then the listeners go and get it. Yeah, so the, the guys who who
0: have collected this stuff and have it in their freezers are just they're going to raise their prices right. now that I've talked about it. Um, so what I would say is, uh, shoot sixteen millimeter by double X and develop it according to their directions, and uh, make prints because you could buy brand new. Double X, so by the time you figure out how to use it, you'll still be able to buy more at the same price. Mm-hmm. Buy print film and print it on your Euler Cine printer at your local art center, <laughs> okay?
1: Because my local art center has one. Uh, I, yeah, I don't think most people... So, by the way, our listeners may not know what a print is. So a print is, you know, in, in the days when you could go to the movie theater and still see a film shown with the project with a film projector... Most that's a copy, right? Most camera, uh, most cinema cameras when a movie was shot was shot with a negative film. Yeah, negative positive is the old standard. All 35
0: millimeter films were shot with negative film, and it was printed over and over and over, right? With many intermediary stocks to make
1: that final product. In a in a so essentially, what they would do is take what's called an intermediate film, um, and or an internegative film. And expose the film. You know, basically, they would squeeze the film together, expose it, and then from that intermediate negative or intermediate or internegative film, create a positive image. Which is what you would see at the movie theater. So you're talking about doing that yourself, because of course you. Have I do.
0: I do that myself because I was lucky enough that, that uh, an old gentleman in an alley who had his garage door open, <laughs> and there was stuff stuffed to the rafters and it was all motion picture stuff. Right, mean, you found the gold mine. And I said, wow, what's that? <laughs> right. Said, oh, my wife used to teach filmmaking at the Pittsburgh Art Institute, mm-hmm. or Point Park College, I forget which. And I said, oh, can I buy that? I teach filmmaking in, in McKeesport. And he says, sure, do you want the Super 8 one too? I said, no, just the regular Oh,
1: you should have bought both of them. I should have, but I didn't. So there's one out there somewhere Right, and that, and you know, and you know, for our listeners, that's like a whole. I mean, we could do a whole other interview about creating, uh, creating prints. So,
0: so you guys in metal shop, okay, start making these machines
1: because they're <laughs> easier to make than scanners. Um, if you could bring back one dead movie film, you know, one oh. dead emulsion back to life, oh. what would it be? The black full, and white or color? Doesn't the high
0: matter. speed black and white reversal. I'm using it now. It's four XR. Oh, the, so the stock you were just talking about before.
1: Yeah. As far as like what, what you've been doing here, which you know, you've know you been doing a lot of impressive work uh, for somebody who's basically just doing it for fun. And, well, I'm an educator, so you know, it's in your I, I DNA. collect the data and I would like to make the instructions. What sort of interesting and cool projects or experiments that you're working on now or you think you're going to be working on in the future that you're excited about? I just finished figuring
0: out how to develop this old film. And I have completed making internegatives with it and now prints from the internegatives. So it's a reversal film. I could put it in the projector and show the movies on the wall. And I could video that, but the film eventually gets scratched. So what I do is I run it through my printer first and I make a copy that becomes negative. White is black, black is white. Now you can't project that, but I make a copy of that and I project it and it looks better than the original. Contrast is much greater. It's real snappy and clear and sharp and bright. I love it. The grain has increased a little and I like that. I like the effect. I want to use the H4N recorder that you're using. I have one. I don't know how to use it well enough you know yeah and
1: by the way i don't either because i spent about what an, an hour before I this trying to tell. figure it, <laughs> to turn it on he's using my sd
0: card <laughs> because he couldn't get his card to work
1: um i should have brought the reel-to-reel machine i wouldn't have had a problem um well right, so-, so
0: i'm going to record sound while i record the film okay and what i want to do is to make have optical soundtracks made at the laboratory and then i could run that through my printer
1: right and, and again for our listeners when he's saying printer we're talking about not the inkjet printer you have at home um, but a, a cinema printer, a printer that takes a negative It's a continuous uh, contact printer right so it essentially it makes four a, different kinds a content print uh, a contact
0: print. you sandwich the film emulsion to emulsion. it rides over a little hole that the light shines through and there's no claw. There's a sprocket wheel that pulls it and it's very simple. It just pulls it through at one speed and you change the light. However you set the light, that's what your exposure is. Right. And then there's a little hole that exposes the edge and you you run single perf film through it and that's where the soundtrack goes. Gotcha. Then you put it through the old Bell and Howe movie projector or the revere movie projector if you're lucky enough to have one that has the sound amplifier working with all those old tubes, you know? Right. And and it just
1: get that crackly old you know Lone Ranger sound right exactly, <laughs> awesome. Well, Mike, I I just want to thank you for letting me come here and and talk to you. Um, I, I hope hopefully our listeners have got some interesting information. Again, um, if you are super interested in processing your own black and white home movie film. Um, Go ahead and join the Home Movie Film Lab, uh, which is a group on Facebook that Michael runs where he posts all of his notes and videos and tests um, and follow his YouTube channel, which again is Studio Carter with a one, uh, Studio Carter one. um, And thanks again for for talking to us and we're excited to see what you continue to to do and and show people around the world uh, how to process their home movie film. Yeah, and if you're really interested, ask questions because that's what
0: drives me as a teacher then then i you know will publish my books and i'll put them online and you have documentation and photographs and text and links to the films on youtube and you'll be able to find the information you need to develop those films with that particular chemical that your grandfather gave you
1: right exactly (laughs) amazing All right, so this has been Owen McCafferty here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, talking with Michael Carter. Sell on the, the
2: past now. Bread is almost plastic. The patsy's barely meets. Cheap burgers are the greatest. Uh, they really are a treat. It shouldn't be organic. It must be engineered. Assembled in a factory. A thousand miles from here. Across the ocean, above the troposphere. Yeah. Cheap burgers, 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 cheap burgers. Give me all you got, give me everything on top. I'm getting deep editing, I need cheap burgers. No bigger than a handful. Well, oh, yeah, no bigger than a bite. Yeah. Cheap, burgers, cheap, buggers, cheap, burgers, cheap, burgers, cheap 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 burgers. Give me all you got. Stick a pickle on the top. I'm getting deep-er, deep. I just need cheap burgers.